rising on an emerging generation of kings. Let me just say something that I think will encourage a lot of people. Never let the enemy deceive you into thinking that you're not going to have a beautiful marriage or a beautiful home or that you never make a good husband or a good wife because for some of us the challenge we think that we're too unquote damaged or fractured or too infirmed or too difficult to have a good home or a good marriage and it's just not true there is the ministry of the potter who is able to mold us into the very image he has in mind and if it looks like we are marred in his hands he will still pick us up and fix us so there might be marriages or relationships here that feel impacted or bruised or damaged or stressed gonna see or stretched or afflicted maybe even hurtful things have been done maybe in some cases maybe even some case of infidelity right maybe even some case of physical assault not that we endorse any of that but I think I was sharing with Shire earlier uh, before service about something completely different about the glory of God. Many times we think about the glory of God, we think about lights, clouds, whistles, angels, right? But you know, redemption actually reveals the glory of God. And one of the glories of God is that it can take something that's completely useless, hopeless, and damaged and fix it. So it's to the glory of God that as bad and as damaged a thing is by his benevolence and his goodwill, he can revive that thing. So it's like having somebody, maybe you've seen all those, uh, Dr. Niall to one is cosmetic. You know all those medical uh, interventions, not for cosmetic surgery, other surgery, maybe somebody who had a mangled brain or skull or the body was twisted or the spinal cord was impacted and they bring this professional and I mean, this guy looks like he's gone. But they bring this doctor and it fixes it. You know, every time that kind of thing happens, the ranking of that surgeon goes, goes up. And that's what happens when there's a damaged soul or damaged life or damaged relationship or marriage and God fixes it. His glory is seen on another level. And that's why the enemy wants you to bail at the first fight. He wants you to take the first flight at the first fight so that, in quotes, you deprive God of the glory of reconciliation and redemption. You have to see marriage through the lens of God. If you see through the lens of your preference, you are likely going to fail at it. Oh, talk to me, guys. But if you see from the standpoint of God, you will make a lot of sacrifices, uh, but you will grow. And when I say sacrifice, it has to be both the man and the woman. Are we here? It cannot just be one person. A good marriage is not the product of one person's determination. No matter how determined one party is, because marriage mirrors God. That means that God can be calling on somebody and the person does not respond to the call. The person is not saved. There must be willingness. There must be willingness. And that's why marrying somebody who does not believe what you believe is failure from day one. Because there's no basis to build. It has to be the foundation. So there's no other foundation that can be laid except that which has been laid. And Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And then the apostles and the prophets. All right, let's go on and let's start with First Peter chapter 3. You can go there very quickly. All the women shout, men, study us. I love the energy. Tell the men, wash us with care. 
And that's why even as men, your sanctification must go to another level. Because it's difficult to wash your dead to wash dirty clothes and make them clean when your own hands are dirty. Right? All right, first Peter chapter three. Oh, the big Zulavar you seem to brass. Zubratus Pradishas. First Peter chapter three. I'm going to read from verse one to six. If you're there, can you say Amen? Women, do you want to read with me? Do you want to read with me, women? All right, let's go. Let's read together. I may drop out at some point, but let's go. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, reverence, do not let your adornment, help us media, be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Whose daughters you are, if you do good and not afraid with any terror, of course, that qualifies what you see in verse 2 when it says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. The fear speaking about there is not terrorist. It's not terrorist fear. You know how some men be like, ah, me, I know I can easily misbehave. I need a strong man that can show me Pepe. Oh, come on, have you heard some, some women say that? Say me, I know I'm very crazy, so I need a man that can hold me against the wall, pin me against the sky, and punch sense into me. <laughs> why, it's a, why it's a BDSM we're not talking about that kind of BDSM alright we're talking about reverence we're talking about deference we're talking about submission from the place of understanding of the authority God set in motion let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and from Genesis chapter 2 let's pick it up from Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Don't forget, it was not man that said, ah, I'm tired, I need somebody to cook. Oh, I'm tired, I need somebody to clean. Oh, I'm tired. Mm -mm. It was not man. Man did not even know he needed help. Is that still typical of many men today? Is that typical? Look at a woman and say you are the help he does not even know he needs. Tell the woman you're so special. You're so unique. You're such a gift. You're so important. If you're a woman, can you just stand a little bit? I know some of you are wearing high heels, but oblige me for a while and turn around and say, I'm so unique. I'm so special. If your husband is around, say, I'm so much of a help. You don't even know how much you need me. 
That's it. Let us, I will make him a helper, an other, comparable to him or suitable. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Now, I know that for interactive preaching or uh, culturally uh, exciting preaching. We say things like, I might have heard people say it before, that ah, Adam was in one place one day, then he saw Lion, Mr. Lion and Mrs. Lion, and both of them were doing fun things like, ah, I wish I had a Mrs. Have you heard that before? Yeah, I saw the kangaroo and the kangaroo, and the kangaroo said, ah, let's do neck and neck. You saw the, so that I was feeling lonely. Have you heard that before? People say that that, he, uh, that God now said, okay, bring all the animals. Let's see. This one, <laughs> if you can marry, it, it makes good for exciting preaching. But we see that the conversation about companionship happened in verse 18 and then verse 19 out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field every bird of the air now were men created before were animals created before humans yes but in declaring the intention God already knew that this man was going to need a partner in fact it was not the man that said to God this is not fair how can lion have a wife how can monkey have a wife how can dog have a wife, even mosquito wife? Then me, the dominion mandate carrier, I have no wife. Is that fair? Is that fair? Mm -mm. It was always God's intention that the male and the female being in one man would come outside of that one man. In other words, what I'm trying to say to the women is you are not an afterthought. Oh, y'all. Oh, some of you are not even excited about that. Because there's a way we can teach this thing that will make it seem as though mm, God was like, okay, oh let me create a woman. No, it's a male and female. He created them. So a woman is not inferior to a man. She is secondary in order, but not inferior in essence. This is important. It's okay to shout wow. At least somebody's shouting. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you too, member. I prefer that. <laughs> so quietness as if I'm speaking Latin. <laughs> I prefer that. <laughs> right. Look at woman, say you're not inferior. Say you're not an afterthought. Tell the person, say you're not Shashadi. So no woman should ever feel and is tough in the society. No man should ever feel like a bother or a burden or a distraction or an addendum or a handbag or a spare shirt. You're not. You are a cardinal part of the assignment and God hid you 
as a joker that will shock the devil. This is the reason in the game of cards, people hide their last card. Because when they bring out the joker, they tell the joker on the other side, check up. I'm showing you a mystery so that a woman knows that even when you are not seen, your essence is heard. The enemy wants you to think that the more you are seen, the more powerful you are. But when you look at the Bible, the more unseen you are, the more dangerous you are. <laughs> Tell you. Let me tell you something. If visibility was what will distinguish the man from the woman and make her important, your womb, which is the major distinction factor, should be on top of your, your belly. But the womb is hidden because incubation is incubation, not outcubation. Why is the woman the joker? And why is the enemy so after the woman? Because the woman is the only human that can take a seed she does not produce and reproduce it better than the one that gave it. Listen, even if man could do meiosis and mitosis like amoeba, even if could, he will never be able to replicate himself as fast as a woman will help him replicate. Therefore, what the enemy was really after was not the creation of man. He couldn't do anything about that. What was after was the coverage area of man. And so when the woman comes into the equation and she has the ability to help the man cover more grounds, the devil says, I need to stop her before she starts. This is the reason many women are attacked before they even get into relationships. Their opinions about marriage are tainted before their first relation. The sexuality is afflicted or damaged before they get into marriage. Are you, are you following this? So it's not about feelings first. That one is effort. See, let me tell you the truth about this thing. It's great. And we thank God for all the amazing teachers and great speakers around religion. And I believe that God is doing something major about that, which is the repair work. But you know what the enemy doesn't mind? He doesn't mind you knowing all the tactics. If you don't really understand the purpose, you will be a pretender at its finest. What are the tactics? Don't talk to your husband like this. Don't talk to your wife like this. Be quiet. Uh, carry out a fine restaurant. Buy rose for her on Valentine's Day, even though Jesus still rose for her. Right. Those are tactics. They are the fruits of the shoots connected to the roots. What is the roots? The root is in God. Because the roots of a tree are in the invisible realm. Therefore, the strength of the marriage is not in the fruits that people can see, but in the roots they cannot see. That root is in a place called understanding, which means what is under what you are standing, or where you are standing. So the strength of a marriage is not the physical things, it's the understanding of the individuals because both of us can do the right things and still not be fulfilled. Because we have tactics but no understanding. 
So the real battle against the woman is not that she, you know, she's so attractive and so nice, covalent and on. The devil is so jealous that who's this person that is so fine? Mm-mm. What she was, what he was really after is that Adam is Adam. Adam has fellowship with God. There is nothing that is going to change that. He is there, but I'm going to ensure that a third party is contaminated. How many of you know that in many relationships, what causes strife or what elongates it is a third party? You and your party, you know how you started. And you know how you were going. You had fought before, but you fixed the, the fight. But this fight has become long. Why? Because a third party is telling that person, don't allow nonsense. You mean you just allow, you say what? I am saved, but not stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you getting the point? Can I propose to somebody? Men, let me say to men, create a system that makes it almost impossible. Don't let me say almost impossible. Let me say almost unnecessary for your wife to carry the issues in your problem outside until it's maybe like the third or fourth time. Because one of the things I'm seeing in this generation is at the first disagreements. Are you noticing? It's not just in marriage, online as well. Block, unfollow, mute. What's going on? We're becoming increasingly intolerant to perspectives we don't prefer. And so instead of developing the emotional stamina to engage a reality other than yours, you are bailing at the first sign of friction. How will you get polished if there's no friction? Now, I'm not saying don't talk to people. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, y'all talk to people. But develop the muscle of resolving conflicts before introducing the third party. At least try. At least try. Well, don't try in the flesh, try in the word. The major battle against the woman is not her beauty. That's why when Peter is writing to the church, look at what she says, what he says to the church. He said, let your adornment not be the outward alone, outward appearance, the arranging of the hair. Now, let's, let's even use those as instruments of teaching. Adornment be merely outward arranging, uh, outward arranging the hair. Now, is your hair your hair? Oh, somebody said. <laughs> okay, okay. Is your hair your hair most times? It might still be no for some people. <laughs> okay, do you have hair? Your own? By birth, not by acquisition. I just want to show you something here. Now, many of us, if you want to look good, so let me just leak the secret. <laughs> let me just say it, but it doesn't happen to you in Kings because y'all, I see you every week. But for me, many times, if I've met somebody before and she just changes her hair in one way, I might not recognize her for a few seconds. She just looked different. The arrangement of the hair can create a new look. 
For many of you, do you like your natural hair? Okay. Let's get there. Do you love your natural hair? How come you know today where I'm? Talk, what? Tell me, shout it. Difficult to maintain, but is it your hair? Some husbands are difficult to maintain, but they are your husbands. We're more patient with our hair than our husbands. Oh, y'all talk to me, man. If the women can say amen, man, can you shout hallelujah? Can, can we talk? Is that hair tough? Is it tough? Some people's hair is it tough? Pardon? Did God give you the hair you prefer or the hair of his pleasure? Similarly, God will not give you the husband you prefer. He's going to give you the husband of his purpose who will live according to his pleasure. He's teaching them that the way I see you people, the one you show every Sunday or every Sabbath, your hairstyle is different. But your husband is looking unkempt, untouched, unloved. More ladies in this generation pamper their natural hair than they massage their husbands. So you pour oil on your hair, but not oil on your head. Oil on my head. Can I talk? Is it true that sometimes to tenderize that hair, you gotta relax it? At last did you relax your husband? Okay, some of you are not, are not married. When last did you make a human being feel relaxed without evil intentions? Because when you are around them, you are tense, hard. No man wants to marry another man. Well, in this generation, some men want to. <laughs> but, but in the original intention, are you getting that? Now, if you want to relax your hair, watch this, oh, you want to relax your hair, does he pepper the head too? Yeah. Trying to transform your husband will cause you some pain. But if you know the outcome, listen, everybody you marry will come with some trouble. So don't pray that you not marry anybody that will not trouble you. Ensure you marry somebody whose trouble is worth it. As I'm here, I came with some trouble. Did I come with some trouble? <laughs> trouble. And sometimes you don't even know how troublesome you are until after you start getting some. Look at neighbor say he's handsome, but he's also troublesome. People are not saying it. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't know that the church brings trouble to Jesus, casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. How many of you know that you suffer for the name of Jesus? You don't know. If you are not suffering, you're not a disciple. You are a fan. <laughs> They're always drinking fun ice. 
So the goal is against multiplication. And what the enemy is against is not about, it's not, it doesn't want to stop multiplication. He wants to stop multiplication of the original seed and a multiplication of his own agenda. That's what it's about. I told you before, Numbers 14, 28, as long as I leave the, earth, leave, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of my glory. So the enemy comes into the garden and goes, if I don't touch this woman, guess what's going to happen to her? She is going to incubate someone like Adam. Boom, 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 boom. But if I attack them from the beginning, every other thing they produce will be contaminated. If the foundations be destroyed, what can just do? Now, one of the things about marriage is that marriage is a mirror. Marriage is a mirror. So earlier on, yeah, I went to the restroom and I saw that my tie was a little like this, a little off. And I said to someone, so you guys saw my tie a little off and nobody said anything. Don't you know that I'm representing you because everybody that watches this online, they're going to see more of me than you. <laughs> so the adjustments I make in my wife mirrors me. And the adjustment she makes in me mirrors her. So if the woman is distorted, she is not going to mirror God. She's going to mirror distortion. And once there is distortion, there's going to be a lot of tension. There's going to be a lot of crisis. There's going to be a lot of talk. But there will not be peace in the marriage. Is somebody still here? Please look at your neighbor. Say your wife is a mirror. Your wife is a mirror. Your husband is a mirror. Your husband is a mirror. Can we see Proverbs chapter 12 verse 4 real quick? Now we're going to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3. Can somebody help us? Can we read it together? And excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who causes shame is like An excellent wife is the crown of a husband. But she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones, in his structure, in his system. Now, what's rottenness? What's rottenness? Decay. What else? Somebody says something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiled. Huh? Spoiled beyond repair. Not useful. If something is rotten, it's not useful. It's not constructive. It's to be thrown away. However, the issue here is that if she's rottenness in his bones, the marrow cannot be thrown away. And even the bones cannot go anywhere to get fixed. <laughs> Mara going nowhere, the bone going nowhere, the human going nowhere. And that's where you need intervention and where you need what? Surgery. 
This is a marriage that has gone off. It needs surgery, it needs to be worked on. And that is reflective of the very first marriage. That the help that the woman did not, the help that the man did not know he needed was where? Where? In other words, inside him. Now, let me establish now our instruct the men, uh, the women, otherwise. Everything a marriage needs to function is inside that marriage. Why do you need counselors and teachers and pastors to show you what you are not seeing inside the marriage? No third party can add to your marriage. They can only remove the things you ought not to add and reveal the things that you have that you're not using. See, when we get deep, (laughs) people are looking for the tactics, but this is what you must understand. Are you getting it? Now, how many of you have been through a, a series before? Maybe you had an issue between you and your best friend and your third friend now came to settle the fight. And after the person left the court to you, that both of you have said the same thing. But in different ways. Come on, talk to me. Why don't we get it? Why don't we? Why do, I'm not saying we don't need third parties, but why do we miss it? Because we've left what the word says. Let's go. Number one, the woman is a helper. What does that mean? The responsibility and the assignment of the woman is not, and I touched on this in the first service, is not to publicize or emphasize the weakness of the man. Write that down. It's not to publicize or emphasize the weakness of the man, but it's rather to create a safe space to limit the expression of that weakness or the growth of that weakness and to extend his capacity beyond his limits. And I used the example of intimacy in the first service that that activity, that exercise is in the secret place. Therefore, no other person ought to know that aspect of his life even though it's not something to be ashamed of. If it's done in public, it's going to be a, a shameful thing. Now we're here. Therefore, you are not ready for marriage. Watch this. If you have not embraced the identity of a helper. The first reason for marriage is not escape from the stress of my life. I'm not to escape from my stressful life. I'm to export my strength into that life of another. Baby girl life, baby girl life. Adam did not marry a baby. That would be pedophilia. Marriage is not for baby girls. It's for women. Oh, you're not getting this. If it hits, someone's like, I want to be babied. We'll get there. There's a place for it. But if it's if it's good stuff, say something. <laughs> Let's be honest. Nigeria is stressful. Life can be demanding. Life can be challenging. And for many of us, we didn't grow up in, in homes that even give us any kind of relief or reprieve. And so either as a secondary or tertiary reason, one of the reasons many people want to get married is to escape the drama of their families. Oh, can we talk? Let me just leave. Let me leave this home. But it's a wrong paradigm. Why? Because the woman was created as a helper, not as an escapee. God did not use a broken rib. He used a whole one. 
to make Eve. Therefore, it is not your brokenness that makes you a woman to somebody else, a wife to somebody else. Is your wholeness expressed from a place of fulfillment. So if you are personally frustrated, you do not currently qualify to be in a relationship. Otherwise, you will export your frustration into the relationship and wonder why the person is not the solution. All these claps, you are clapping. You want... <laughs> We've not taught it right. When I say we, I'm not saying this church. I'm saying many parts of the body of Christ. We've just uh, want people to get married. And so we emphasize, where y'all going? There's something at the back? All right. We want people to emphasize the peripherals. But the peripherals must sit on the roots of intention and purpose. Some of us, after this message, must be honest to ourselves, with ourselves, and say, the way I've assessed this, I need at least six months of singleness to work on myself because I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Eve was not found by Adam from a place of desperation. She was a blessing on a blessing, not a burden seeking a blessing. She was a whole on a whole, not a fraction seeking to be made whole. She was completion, complementing completion, not incompletion, wondering omitonshon. This is important. A helper means that she has enough help to give. Some of you have seen that exchange before. Please, can you help me? Said, <laughs> so I'm using my help. I cannot borrow you right now. What it means is if a woman has not helped herself, if she does not know what help she offers, where she is good at offering help, she does not know who she's called to marry. Because your marriage is a call to help, not a call for help. Oh, my word. It's a call to help. So somebody, listen, there's such a thing as certain people being too selfish to marry. There is such a thing as that. If you can't accommodate the possibilities of somebody else in your life, you're possibly not supposed to marry or at least marry yet. So that Eve comes into Adam's life to overflow what he has, not to deplete what he has. So she's Azar, A-Z-A-R, another one, E-Z-E-R. She is, write this down, she's assistant. She is supporter. She is relief. She is aid, first aid. That means that she should be so powerful and so comfortable. Why is this place hot? I can, feels like this is not on. So powerful. Can somebody help us adjust the vent so it blows in this direction? That when he needs help, when Adam needs help, the first person he's supposed to look for is not somebody online. The first person he's supposed to look for is his wife. That means the wife must be dynamic enough to cover most of the bases that the man needs. What does that mean? The stronger the wife, the husband, the more dynamic the woman ought to be. Ezra. Look at a woman beside you and say, are you an Ezra? I just want to send him your Azar. 
Now, how is the man made or how is the woman made? Made from the side of the man, which means that she's a counterpart. She's not an afterthought. How is the man being related with? He's being related with as a king. Where is the man put? The man is put in the garden. So four things the man has. Number one, he has God. Write that down. His source. So I gave you the list, but I didn't give you what it meant. God, he had God, his source. Number two, he had identity. What's his identity? His source. God, his S-O-U-R-C-E. His identity is S-A-U-C-E. Then he had a garden, which was his course through life. C-O-U-R-S-E. Then he had his mission, his cause. So he had a source, he had a source, he had his cause, he had his cause. The first to deal with the confidence of the man. A man cannot be more confident than his revelation of God. A man cannot be more confident than his revelation of God. A man cannot be com- more confident than his revelation of God. The reason some people are wife beaters is because they lack confidence. A man does not beat his wife because he's strong. He beats his wife because he's ignorant. A man beats his wife because he's ignorant, not because he's strong. Because the Bible says no man punishes his own body, but he cherishes and nourishes. So he does not use the strength against her. He uses the strength to build her, to raise her. The strongest part of this building, what's the strongest part of this building? Mm. Somebody beside the pillars. Was it? The foundation. What's the foundation carrying? Everything. So the leader, contrary to modern depiction, is really not the roof. The leader is really the foundation upon which everything rests. Therefore, if there is somebody you are engaged to or looking at that is always trying to beat you down, shoot you down, kill you down, that person has a lack of either a lack of understanding of either his source, that's God, or his identity, his source. So he thinks the more he can intimidate and dominate and violate you, the stronger he becomes. The next to deal with his competence, which means his garden, the, the course of his life, and his mission, the cause of his life. Therefore, a woman has come into the life of the man to serve with him as a representation of God. I'll explain what that means now. And then to help cultivate his source or distribute his source, his identity over his cause as they fulfill their cause. This is the deal. When God thought about you, he did not think about your mission independent of your husband. So the way we've turned it now, you go and find your purpose. We go and find your purpose. Then we get together, and then we we'll find our purpose for. Mm-mm. God created male and female, created them, and He gave them one mission, one assignment. So if the person, your husband or the person you're trying to marry, there's nothing about their lives that you can bury yours in. That's most likely another person. And if you're already married, you need to really trust God and ask God and say, God, what exactly am I supposed to be doing? Because marriage is not supposed to be a clash and competition of two causes. It's the fulfillment of one. People don't look happy. Are you happy? 
Are you really sure? Danny, are you happy? Now, the question, many of you hate this expression, but in a sense, it's still a valid expression. What are you bringing to the table? Now, I know you may sound off or somehow, I'm the table. Yeah, yeah, right. You are the table, we agree. But what are you bringing to? What are you bringing? What help are you bringing? What about you speaks to his source, to his source, to his cause, to his cause? What about you adds, improves? What about you? That is very, very important. Why? Because if he lacks the knowledge of his, of his cause, that's God, he's going to go into false worship, false religion, self-pride, arrogance. If he does not know his source, he's going to go into self-esteem issues, peer pressure, and mislead you. If he does not know his garden, which is his course, he will have stunted growth, lots of potential, but no progress. If he doesn't know his mission, he's going to waste his resources, waste his own time, and waste your life. But that's not your portion in the name of Jesus. So the enemy sees that the woman is like a helper. Now that word helper is not the same word in the Hebrew as it is in the Greek, but the intention is the same thing. When God speaks about the Holy Spirit, what did he say he will send? What did he say he will send? A helper. So listen, what the Holy Spirit, watch this, is as it were to the Godhead, the wife is to the family. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit takes the glory of the Father and manifests it in the hearts and the lives of people. The woman takes the glory that the Lord has placed upon that union and she reproduces and extends it. Tell the woman you are a glory multiplier. Some of the men look for somebody to say you're a glory carrier, a glory multiplier, a glory announcer, a glory cultivator, a glory distributor. This is the reason for women. Have you not noticed a lot of women like shiny things? You like beautiful things. It's not your fault. You are wired to notice and to amplify beautiful things. Beautiful houses, beautiful people, beautiful children, beautiful clothes, beautiful jewelry, beautiful money. Where are those who are going to have beautiful things? Where are the beauty amplifiers? Where are they? This is the reason most women, they like people who are either popular, in power, or have a lot of money. They are drawn to power and possessions. How do I know? When the serpent comes, Jimmy shaking his head. How do I know? When the serpent comes to the, to the uh, garden, what does he say? He speaks to the woman, and then the Bible says that then when the woman saw that the fruit was good for food and pleasing, media help us, pleasing to the, pleasing to the, pleasing to the, can I show you something? Will you be surprised? Watch this. Now when the woman, watch this now. When the woman saw the man, the man was naked, true or true? Did she go like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me eat, let me touch. The man, he does not, she does not do that. But when she sees a material substance, 
So women are more drawn even to materialism than porn. A woman is going to be led more by physical things, money, cash, environments, than to sexual things. In fact, the reason men and women end up with the sexual things is because they're looking for the physical things. You've got to understand what's going on here. Most people don't do runs because they like the runs. Most people do runs because of what will run over after the runs. Oh, come on, y'all talk to me now. She saw the man. Did he say, hey, kill a Media, give us the scripture, Genesis chapter 2 or 3. But the Bible says that when she saw the fruit, she saw it was good for food and was able to make one and to be desired to make one wise. And she of the fruit and did eat and why she's a multiplier when she eats it does not end with her she passes it on when she makes a mistake it doesn't end with her she passes it on if you're intimate with her it does not end with her she's gonna tell somebody oh y'all not hearing this can i talk it never ends with a woman in fact when you think it's ending with that it's just about to begin Women, give me a witness now. They can't help it. They are created to help, even when the help is wrong. Yes. They were created to help. So when you give her something, it does not end with her, good or bad. She's going to multiply it. Why are you looking like it's not true? Did he end with you? Your pardon? God, I beg us. You don't know what you think. God is saying covenant, I beg. <laughs> she saw good for food. She's moved by her eyes and she has a tendency to focus on the external things. So what's a woman supposed to do? She's supposed to be a co-laborer, a co-builder. Move very quickly to Proverbs 24, 3 to 6. Proverbs 24, 3 to 6. Media help us. Proverbs 24, 3 this. Okay, we have it. I'm going to read it in a, in a few and two translations, or maybe three. Sorry, help me with Proverbs 14, verse 1 before we go here so that this can sit somewhere. Proverbs 14, verse 1. All right. The wise woman, let's read it together. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls her down with her with her hands. Let me say this to men and women, or to every woman. Most homes, most homes don't get damaged because somebody just hated that home and decided to destroy it. Most homes collapse because somebody capitalized 
on a vulnerability that was already inside. And many times that vulnerability is often magnified or amplified by the woman. A man and a woman can have an argument the man never tells anybody. The woman will go on WhatsApp. Okay, we'll talk now. So now, wow. <laughs> Interesting. I have a friend. Now, as far as the woman is concerned, she's just expressing herself. She does not know she's throwing out handles that outsiders can use to wedge the gap and make it wider. Because when there's an apparent fall that a third party can see, then the person has three to four or five streams of information that nobody needed to know. So now convince the woman in the moment of vulnerability that the decision to break the marriage is the real one. Remember when it did X, Y, Z. The one now goes, ah, when did you know? I said, ah, don't worry, I just send these things. But you were the person that actually volunteered the information. Now you have involuntary tears. Every wise woman builds a house, but a foolish one tears it down with what? Listen, you don't need anybody to break your marriage. You can do that all by yourself. Now, let's be fair. If a woman is building the home, who's laying the foundation? Who's building the foundation? What does that tell you? That means that many times women are going to build after what you've already said. And so ever so often, a woman's drama is sponsored by a man's script. Which sadly, oftentimes, he does not know he wrote. And when the woman is saying, you were the one that wrote it, the man said, when? Me, with which pen? I've not written anything in my life. So men lay the foundation, which means that men must be willing to, in quote, bury themselves so that the home can be at peace. The woman should build the house. The foolish one tears it down. Let's go to Proverbs 24, verse 3, very quickly, and see how that process works. Through wisdom is a house built. Listen, beauty will not build your marriage. A banging body will not build your marriage. Fit farm will not build your marriage. There are people who are not as fit as you, but their homes are well toned and trimmed. Firmly built on the rock. He said, by wisdom is a house built. By wisdom, by wisdom. Somebody say, I have sense in the name of Jesus. Say, I have wisdom in the name of Jesus. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the sense of God. Wisdom is God's sense. The absence of wisdom is foolishness or nonsense. Because sense that is not God's sense is no sense at all. Hence, for, hence nonsense. By wisdom is a house built. By understanding it is established. 
Now, if you have conflicts in your marriage, it's not a bad thing at all. If you have issues in your marriage, it is not a bad thing at all. Why? Conflict prefaces understanding. Conflict is the prerequisite cause for understanding. You think you understand somebody until you have a conflict. Conflict is a score sheet that shows how well you misunderstand people. What does it mean to misunderstand? To miss the understanding of. So because I thought that you could handle certain things, I did certain things without thinking there were major issues. Come on now. But when I saw your reaction, it occurred to me that I missed the understanding that you don't roll like that. Therefore, I need to pay attention to where I miss the understanding. Because some of the most subtle destroyers of your marriage is not really the bad stuff. It's what you grew up with that was good for you but bad for her. What was good for you but bad for him? So you grew up, Jimmy, let me use it a little bit. You grew up in a place, in a home. You grew up with, with boys. You grew up with people in your house. The way people are laughing, <laughs> foolish boy. I'm sorry, I apologize, Mrs. Mrs. B. Foolish boy. You were laughing and joking. Right? Because you were Adana or Adane in your family. You were the doyen and the crown in your family. You are the leading girl, therefore you could just, you you saw everybody as inferior. Now you married a Yoruba man. <laughs> Who has been prostrating for his big brother that is just five years older than him? Brother Rufai. He doesn't call any of his older cousins by name. He calls them brothers, sister. Are you following? Listen, listen. <laughs> Bratinu or Brasmi. You now marry that same person and you are the uh, foolish boy. You'll be dazed. And he might dazed you back. Are you getting this? Now his countenance changes and maybe he gives a disposition or a body language and you take offense. You are taking offense because you are trying to wash his cotton like satin. You didn't marry your brother. You didn't marry your daddy. You didn't marry your uncle. You married your husband. And so even though he's a man, you must find out what kind of man he is. Let me tell you something about marriage, or if you do it well, it will humble you. If you will do it well, which is part of the purpose of God to humble you, because only humble people that you can raise up. That's why many people you have unhealthy arrogance because you think you're all that. Are you jello fries? Even jello fries, I don't like it. And even jollof rice takes heat before it becomes sweet. Some mixing, some garnishing, some pepper. The jollof rice you are tasting that is sweet. Pepper has entered. For a marriage to be sweet, somebody is putting pepper. Curry. 
That's why some people they marry Allah Kori. <laughs> The chicken a la carte, a la curry. Even if you are a la curry, a la curry will humble you. If your marriage must be succeeding, eventually successful, you must humble yourself. So many of us react to conflict instead of aligning with the purpose of conflict. Are we getting this? Tell a woman you didn't marry your brother. And then for some of you had male twins and you had a, an intimate person and you just, hey, I'm going to buy me this. You got a coconut head. See your coconut head. You know, get married and then you want to carry over that same attitude. Call it work, And it works in different ways. So I got, I became independent at an early age. I went to boarding house from 10 going on 11. Went to boarding house and I went on scholarship. And I was just blasting and passing and all of that. I started leading people to pray, fellowship at 11, age of 11. Independent. Became pastor in Yilag at 19. Started preaching house in the rock at 21. Independence. I got it going on. I'm the man. You ask me to tell them the plan for their future. I am the person that will show you what God is saying. I have the word for the now. My speakings are apt. I am the anointed of God. And then I found fine babe. Sweet rat. Sorry, she's not a rat. Sweetheart. Beautiful. Amazing. Interesting. Glorious. But guess what? In my mind, she was still my fellowship member. Or my younger sister. <laughs> so I had no idea because I was used to not asking people anything. Asking for episode. People ask, why, why are you asking? How can I ask for my opinion? When people ask for my opinion. Now, I never said that because many of the things that cause problems, you don't say them. You don't even know they're happening. She just wondered, why are you so opinionated? Like if I happen upon a thing, I'm very loyal to people and to causes and to thinking systems. So for you to change my mind, you must really have a mind to change my mind and show me the superior arguments. You must present. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. Some of you are like that, men and women. You must present a superior argument. So even though we never shouted, we never, no fight. In fact, the philosophy is don't raise your voice, raise your argument. Apply your mind, not your muscle. <laughs> <laughs> right and I, I had no idea how much of a burden or a weight that was because the, the greatest burdens or strain on your relationship is not the one that somebody added to you is the one you carried and brought into it Women, if your husband has shut up and she doesn't, he doesn't talk to you, there's a reason. Sleeping in the parlor, there's a reason. 
How dare you? Come when I'm talking to you. Don't walk away from me. It's you and me inside this who wear the same shokoto. Your marriage will end up in Sokoto. Understanding. Are we getting this? Now, why did I come to this place to understand? Because Proverbs 24, verse 3 says, By wisdom a house is built. Well, the fact that you've built it does not mean it's established. This explains why people can be married for 30 years and divorce. They built a family, but they didn't establish a marriage. A pastor can divorce. In fact, sometimes, let me tell you, ministry families are more vulnerable. For different reasons. Different reasons. Different reasons. You have to be super intentional. Like, there are times we're talking and I have to say, oh, there are things I need to tell PLT about kings and somebody and all of that, but let me not mention them now because this is our time. This is not church time. Are you getting that? But many times it still sits in. And if a woman does not have the patience or the understanding, she's going to go and say, you are married to this church. I'm just a placeholder inside this. That's a different subject matter. What am I speaking about this? Through wisdom of houses and by... How do you gain understanding? You gain understanding, watch this, by climbing down to see what's under where they are standing. Every behavior that your spouse or your partner has is rooted in something you may not be aware of. Some people are loud in marriage because they've been silenced almost all through their lives and they have vowed that now that I've come into my own home nobody will ever shut me up some people are selfish in marriage or relationship because all through their lives they've been given and given and given but now the giving is no longer given so they're like it's time for me to take so no matter how rich they become they will never let their spouse know how much because when their parents knew how much they had their parents always came with request upon request upon request so now that they are married they're like my spouse will never know what I have because I don't want what happened before to happen again some people are violent and married because all through their lives the only way they got attention or respect was by fighting so in marriage, they have built fighting muscles that when the man is trying to express his mind, they're like, no, you're not giving me what I want. Sometimes what causes fights in marriage is because there's no fight in the marriage. Oh, yo, mister. This house is too quiet. I need drama, I need drama, I need drama. You are too quiet. You are too quiet. I want, and then they cause drama. True. I know somebody, uh, I can give indicators, but I know somebody who caused drama in a marriage because it was too quiet. Fight. Serious fight. This is important. You know why it's important? Because without conflict, there will be no understanding. 
Conflict exposes misunderstanding so that we can bring alignment to what we missed in our understanding of each other. Conflict is what welcomes you into the classroom of studying your spouse. And you will notice that most, most fights in marriage are recurrent. Right? The same two to three things. One of my leaders and mentors told me before I got married, I didn't really understand what I was saying. By the time we were five years in marriage, I saw that if we argue, if we had argued ten times, eight out of ten times were about two things. Maybe three. That's the third one was a very short-lived one, a couple of months. Because I'm very generous, so when I have my bath, I can splash water all over the place. I would be like, why did you splash water? I'm like, I, didn't, I can't even see water. I'm seeing seeds that I'm sowing. Where's the water? And then she'll go like, why is there a speck of hair? Speckle on the bathtub. I'm like, ah, hair. <laughs> Who notices? Where should the hair go? <laughs> should they be raptured? <laughs> so that one didn't last. But this one, so there's something she calls mental block. That means I know how to just block everything and my world will be going on very well. Or she's fuming inside. That what I brought up, we've not discussed. In my mind, we've already talked about it. The world has moved on. So I'll be thinking, do you know how many ants have died between that time and now? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Because I live, I live, I like, my, my mind is, the world is going on, right? Let's move, move in, let's go, right? I'm, is there anybody like me? But three days later, I might just see I'm moody. My be moody, and I'll go like, ah, are you fine? Mm, I'm, I'm okay. Code word. If she ever says, okay, she's not okay. Even if your name is okay. You got to talk about it. By the way, let me now tell you the issue that I now had. When it was now time to talk about it, she would talk, then I would talk. Then I would talk and talk about how our talk was not complete. We are prolonging. When you find those patterns, that's what you call marital carryover. You have not passed the course. And it's a course because you travel through that route. You will think you've sorted it out until something similar happens again. It's going to trigger the same thing. So you get to understand it. Now, let me tell you what this establishment is. Establishment does not mean that you now agree with everything I say. Or I now agree with everything you say. No. Is that I already know what your triggers are. I know what the booby traps are. I know what to say and what to not say. I know what to say in a different time and a different space. I know how to anticipate your misinterpretation and avoid it. Not avoid you because that's what some other people do. That uh -huh. since there's trouble inside this house, day or day make a day or day. Sleep in the room, I'll sleep in the toilet. That understanding, that is work. This is the reason the church has been built. So Christ said, I will build my church, the gates will not prevail. The major work that is happening now is not really the building of the church. There's building going on, but the major work is what? 
was an establishment that is based on understanding that the eyes of your being your wife is a lifetime course you know why because she's an evolving curriculum so you thought PS, PSY 103 was tough try WIFE 101 and after you've passed 101 she's going to change when she gives birth and her body changes she's going to change <laughs> if she gives birth to triplets she will change three times in one year she will change and then by knowledge other rooms filled preach with me precious treasures by knowledge wisdom has a lot to do listen to this place wisdom has a lot to do with your relationship with God a lot understanding has a lot to do with other humans that's why Christ said I will build my church believers are at best co-laborers in the building they are not the builders God is the custodian of wisdom he builds but for understanding God facilitates understanding through humans so the best posture to take with your wife or your husband is an attitude of can you teach me how best you function so I can learn you it's very humbling because some people think they're wise And the knowledge has to do beyond the relationship, other things. And that's how you feel the marriage, feel the home. Four areas of concentration for women. Number one, you must understand. Thank you, GB. Women, please, number one, study to be spiritual and not sensual. Study to be spiritual, study to be spiritual and essential. The Bible says, study to be quiet. Quietness does not come naturally to most women because, even biologically, girls oftentimes start speaking faster than boys. Right? But the woman was made into a talking environment, so she needs to talk, she thrives on talks. On talks. Talk shows, podcasts, vlogs, series, uh, M&B, R&B. <laughs> I was going to say GB, but that's only Duny. <laughs> right? But women, that means that quietness does not come naturally to you, but you need quietness to build a home. Can I say this to somebody? Many times, a major part of the building process has to do with what is not said than what is said. So Jesus said to the disciples, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So there are certain things that your husband needs to hear, but with what is carrying on his head, he does not need a lecturer, he needs a companion. He does not need a judge, he needs a confidant. 
He does not need an analyst. He needs an advocate. He does not need a mommy. He needs, I don't want to use the word seductress, but he needs a sexy wife. In certain moments, are we here? But if you don't know the patterns on the cycle, let me let, let me help all the women. Anytime for women, apparently it tends to be very different. But for men, if a man has gone through a season of intensity in terms of work or business or giving of himself, ministry or whatever, baby boy needs some true or true. <laughs> Man, true or true? Who's that single person saying true? <laughs> but it's actually true for single people as well. From studies. Who have you been studying? I need to wind up. Man, is it true or not? Yes. Let me tell you something about men. Men can be tired and exhausted, but they are hardly ever too tired for sugar. When everything has fallen flat, something will still be standing. Unfortunately for women, it tends not to be the same. True? Why are you touching me? Don't touch me. Hold me, but don't go there. So for most of us men... What? Who said what? No sugar, sugar. No sugar tonight. And sadly for many of us men, we, we've not been taught, we don't know how to naturally hold somebody without touching something. Because sometimes the women will say, all I need is a cuddle, but the men are doing things that turn into a puddle. Can I talk? So for most men, what is this touching and hugging and calling and holding? Let's go to the central topic. Let's start what we have come into the room. Men and women, they don't roll like that. Even when they are not tired, sometimes they will feel tired. Not physically, emotionally, psychologically. By the, by the way, if you've not helped out throughout the day, why do you want her to help you at night? You want to reap what you have not sowed. She did everything, including cleaning your mess throughout the day. And at night, you're like, oh yeah, I do like this. <laughs> if I'm advocating, let me know. So women, we have to study to be quiet. Let me give you an assignment. The next time there's a burning issue, try not to talk to him about it. I've taught women this, but many of them don't really believe me. A woman's silence without the bitterness of the soul is more effective than a hundred words to the man. You know why? A man was born into an atmosphere, not into a relationship. He's born into an atmosphere. This explains why a man, as tired as he says he is, is going to stop at that club and that pub and stay there for three hours only to get home in good enough time to go to bed. 
because the atmosphere in the pub with all the shouting and the drunkenness suits his soul more than the nagginess of the woman he made his wife. Women, is it, men, is it true? Maybe not pub. Maybe you're going to watch a match. Soccer. Video game. Men, is it true? Some of them, their wives are here. They don't want to. I'm not saying that you do it. I'm saying that many men. People are not ready. People want cosmetic. Men, is it true? Atmospheres. Do you know something? Let me tell you this. Do you know the Bible never tells us that Samson and Delilah slept together? Are you aware that you will not show me if you've seen it? The weather's there and they slept together. Set a lady's head upon her laps. Now, for the 21st century mind, it's difficult for you to imagine that without anything going down, literally. But the oldest interpretation of that, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they didn't. But I'm saying that the issue there was not sexual intercourse. You know why? There are many men who sleep with women whose names they don't know. But they will never tell them their secrets. What Delilah got, watch this. Are there babies in the house? Okay. What, uh, what Delilah got from Samson was not semen. It was secrets. A man can give you a semen but never give you a secret. True intimacy is when a man gives you a secret, not a semen. And that doesn't happen with just hot sex. It's hot. Uh, this is the reason some of your husbands may have best friends who are not in the marriage. And that's wrong. It needs to change. Because the first vulnerability in their lives that you saw, you announced it to everybody. So you taught him how to hide things from you. It's so quiet today. So women, a lot of women think that the strength is in shouting. He's shouting. No. Let's look at our text. Let's wind down. First, first Peter chapter 3. Don't let your beauty be in the outward adornment. Give us first Peter chapter 3 media. Arrangement of the how often do you arrange your hair? How often? Every day, how often should you seek to support your husband? Every day. Every day. Wearing gold, is gold expensive? Yeah. Does it go through a lot to shine? Yeah. If you want your marriage to shine, will it go through some fire? Yeah. The first whiff of smoke. I'm out, I'm out. I'm asthmatic. <laughs> You know, we, we get into marriage with a lot of flesh. And God has to roast the flesh. The priests were to roast the flesh in Leviticus. You roast the flesh. You don't deny its existence. You roast it. Roasting takes time. And if you want it to be sweeter, you marry it before you roast. Some people are burning the flesh and ended up with charcoal. <laughs> Let me just tell you something marriage. Just See, you know what marriage is? Lifetime. So just commit... Say, I'm just starting. The idea just I've been married for 21 or 22 years. 22 years will celebrate. And it's such a beautiful thing. Honorable, admirable. 
we love and appreciate you, sir, man. Your marriage is an inspiration. Please let me ask Sam uh, what I'm teaching, even though I'm just, I'm even less than half, we're less than half, we're just going to be nine years, even though my mind is 10 already. What I'm teaching, is it useful? Is it helpful even after 20 years? Are you still learning? Are you still learning Christ? Are you still learning each other? Are you still learning... There's a generation that's so impatient because of R and B, M and B, and uh, what's this, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt, and Angelina Jolie, and uh, Mariah Carey, and Nick Cannon. Give me the names. Cardi B and McMill, McMills, Offsets. Who's McMills? Also, who? Nikki with the Anaconda. Kanye and Kim Kardashian. You will study before marriage and study inside marriage. I'm still studying PLT. I know because human beings are like books. How do we know? I come in the volume of the books written on me. So the more advanced the person is, the more pages of their books they flipped and the less surprises you will have if a man is fully developed he's not going to surprise you a lot chances are that if you study him well before marriage he's not really going to pull off many things that you didn't already sense am i right don't marry a boy he's still discovering himself you think he's opened the pooch that book it's that cover the cover of the cover you know that cover of the cover of cookbooks that you can remove that's what he's reading like guy is very glossy keep turning the pages see diagrams inside <laughs> it's easy no mathematics what's drawing doing inside just the play <laughs> said don't put it not not just about it said do not let your adornment be merely some people have taken this to say don't wear earrings that's not what it's saying that's why that word merely is there so you can wear earrings you can do your makeup and all he's saying do not let your adornment be what in other words the effort you put into this external things put a greater effort inside the internal things you know why because external things don't keep a man that's the reason they do most beautiful girl in the world every year because new beauties are discovered so ensure you keep investing in your wife so that she will be, end up being your most beautiful girl in the world are you getting it you marry a certain way she's likely going to change more often than not, women tend to change more than men for different reasons. Different reasons. Psychological, environmental, cultural pressure coming into their own. Understanding themselves. Responsibility changes people. And so in choosing that, be ready to do all of this and more. Verse 4. Verse 4. Ooh. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the what will determine the 
strength, the sustainability, and the success of your marriage. One of the greatest things to confront is your own self. And in marriage, you will be compelled to confront yourself. For some people, for the first time in history. You got away. Your mother never knew. One day, once or twice, you got out of fighting. Your bestie fought once or twice. You moved rooms. You changed hostels. Your big brother, I say, I'll block you. I'll block you. You have married. Let's go see your problem. It's not your problem in Jesus' name. You have married your lecturer, examiner, accountant, assignments, example, projects, thesis. Look at them and say, We're all in it. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible of a gentle and quiet spirit. So the first thing is study to be spiritual and not sensual. That's the first thing, adornment. What it means is, Shia, when you're wearing the makeup and all of that, also be saying to yourself, what is it about my husband that I need to make up for? That I need to enhance. You're not making up your face because you hate your face. You're making up your face because you like your face. But you want it to look better than it currently looks without the makeup for certain occasions. So you're not making up difference in, deficit in your husband's life because you hate your husband. Are you getting that? And many times when you make up your face, you're making up with a mirror. When you're making up for your husband, you're making up with a mirror of the word. So it's not to disgrace or drag in public, but it's to enhance the image of the glory of God in its manifestation in their lives. How we get in this place. We must study to be spiritual and not sensual. The first woman, Eve, she fell because she was sensual. She saw that the food was good for food. She saw, she saw, she saw, she saw that the food was good for food and desired to, uh, to make one wise, and then she gave it. So the first assignment is I must study to be spiritual. Number two, as a woman, I must study my states. I must study my states and my husband's state for those who are married. One of the major things that has really helped me in life generally, one of them, it's, it's a big asset, I'm grateful to God for it, is my ability to identify my states. I'm able to identify my states. And that comes with studying and also vulnerability, particularly to God. Many people don't know how to identify their states, they grapple with it, or they deny their states. When I'm angry, I know I'm angry. And I tell people, I tell you, who have I told I'm obsessed with you before, directly or indirectly? I know, I'm not hiding it. You will know. I know how to own my state. And you find security in that when you know that your current state is not your eternal state. So many of us feel that we're missing something if I acknowledge that I'm envious or jealous or angry or uh, impatient, we think it's a deficit. It's not. It's actually a strength. Because now that I know that I'm angry or impatient, then I know what needs to be addressed. Are you here? Unfortunately for many women, I think it's a child for many women, Sometimes a woman is crying. You're asking her, why are you crying? She doesn't even know. Or she knows and doesn't know how to articulate it. Yeah. 
But sometimes she really doesn't know. She's trying to figure it out. And that's something you need to study to be able. That's why it said, let it be according to the hidden person of the heart. That means that study your internal states. What is hidden? And no matter what is hidden, don't hide what is hidden from yourself. It's better to say, I'm trying to figure it out. I know it, but I don't want to talk about it now. Can you give me some time? Can we discuss it later? Can we discuss it in two, in two days or in two hours? Now, if you're like me, many times I want that discussion now. Because why are you quiet? But sometimes they need that time to be able to filter the thoughts. Are we here? So study yourself in the light of God's word. Eve had a vulnerability. What's a vulnerability? I'm able to follow the influence of somebody else without telling that person else to talk to my husband. That conversation could have been terminated with, wait a minute, let me talk to my husband. And there are many of us who have found ourselves in years of stress because we didn't know our state. We didn't know our vulnerability, so we fell into the traps of the end. Are you following this? Yeah, ovulating, ovulating. You are going to your ex's house. You have extra. The woman is like, what's ovulation? Is that a new way to adulate God? See, Hebrew for adulation. Your body is doing electricity. Giz, 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 giz. And that's when you're now watching series that have a lot of lewdness and stuff on the inside. He said, but I'm not watching porn. You don't know that porn is now watching people inside Netflix. Are, are you getting it now? And you're inside that state, or you're about to get to that state, and you're enhancing information that will make the bank overflow when you're in a place of vulnerability. Because your temptation comes in cycles. I hope you know that. In cycles. The hunter knows that if I stay in this place, antelopes will pass three times a day. And I miss the first one. The second time, I'm going to get it. And that's why sometimes you break the pattern. Sometimes you fast when you didn't plan to fast. Sometimes you give something that will pain your body so the flesh remembers who's boss. Break the pattern. Are we getting this? So monitor your state. If you're angry, own it. But don't export it. It's going to create avenues for discipline and vulnerability. For sincerity. Number three, study to serve. The woman, sorry, study to submit. The woman must study to submit. Because he goes along and then it says that women, you must, you should submit to your own husbands. Let me tell you something as a man who has served quite a number of leaders. Loyalty is not tested, excuse me, by you carrying out your preference that comes through the mouth of another. <laughs> if it's what you prefer that somebody else is just saying and you do it, that's no loyalty. Loyalty is they are saying what you don't prefer and even though you don't completely agree, you submit. In this generation, too many people are loyal to themselves. 
So even in marriage, we ask, what's in it for me? Instead of what am I in it for? What has God sent me into it for? Submission is superior to service because service has to do with my skills and my hands and my physical features. Submission has to do with the posture of my heart. The posture of my heart. And the Bible says that Sarah, verse 5, for in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also had done themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. He didn't just say, Oh, Lord, me. Say, Lord. That's my owner. Now, there's a, there's a word there that a lot of people miss in, in marriage, and especially women. If I submit to him, how can, you know he's a useless man, you know he's a greedy man, you know he's a stupid man, you know he's this. By the way, whatever you call your husband, you are the missus of that thing. He's a stupid man, Mrs. Stupid. He's a hungry man, Mrs. Hungry. He's a foolish man, and Mrs. Foolish. You are introducing yourself to us by broadcasting his weakness through your strengths. You are using your strengths to multiply his weakness. Therefore, you are we here. Now, there's a missing expression there, verse 5. Media help us switch between this and the scripture. What does it say in verse 5 if your Bible is still open? I really need to close now. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who did what? Who did what? Who did what? Therefore, the key to sub successful submission is what? Trust in God. That even though this is not what I think is right, or what I prefer to do, or what I even think is fair, because I'm trusting in God, who is the head of my head. The head of my head can correct my head if it's acting as if his head is not correct. Many people don't teach you this. Because marriage is about trust. Marriage is about trust. You did not marry somebody you knew. You married somebody you thought you knew, you believed you knew, and you knew a little part of. That's why if you're a man, don't choose a woman based on her body. Choose a woman based on God's spirit. Because God knows all the versions, iterations, and stages of that woman. And knows what you need to begin to put in place to prepare to be a good husband man. If you're a woman, you cannot marry somebody who is not spiritual as a believer. It's risky. It's unsafe. Listen, marriage as it were is risky by itself. So now add ignorance to it is to make yourself a sponsor of risk. Say, do you take this do you take this lovely lady to be your wife, to hold and to cherish, to love and to care for, to dare do your part? I do. You don't know what you're saying. You don't. When you're saying that, you're saying that from trust. You're saying that from belief. You have indicators, you've studied well enough, you should. Don't say, oh, that means I shouldn't study. No. I'm saying that whatever you've studied is a perception. That's why the Bible says that your love may increase more and more in knowledge and 
discernment. Discernment. So submission, the strength of submission is trust in God. It's not harassing the husband, but trusting God. Number four, the woman must yield herself position, position herself to serve. So one of the greatest words or expressions is, how can I help? Therefore, if the man is not doing a lot in his life, you might not have a lot to do with yours. When I say a lot, I don't mean many things. I mean devotion, commitment, compassion. Master the art of asking, how can I help? How can I be of help? In fact, before you ask position, your disposition service should be a position in first and not talk. Position. My wife had no idea that I was a pastor when we met. She didn't know, like I was hiding it. She just didn't know because she was not in that immediate space with me for the earlier part. But she was a helper. And every time I looked at her, I didn't just look at her as the young girl that she was. She's so young. But I looked at her through the spectrum of what I'm doing now. Even though I didn't know it was going to be kings or it was going to be this, I didn't know. But I already had, there's nothing I've done since we got married that is like surprising. Okay, uh, yeah, maybe releasing an album. <laughs> I used to release, re receive songs, but I didn't think it was a thing like that. So I think maybe that's about the only thing, right, that I've done that I'm like, oh, I'm surprised. So, man, you have to know yourself so you know the help you need. Now, she positioned herself as a helper. And even though at that time she was not preaching in my stead or counseling people in my stead or cooking for me, there is a way somebody is positioned that you know that this person can help. And the emphasis of the text is the hidden man, hidden person of the heart. In May, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, therapy and trauma and mental health and all of that because a lot of the challenges people have in relationships are rooted in the hidden person, the blind self. There's some called the Johari window. Some of you might know that. You know the Johari window? The open self, the hidden self, the blind self. Do you know, do you know it? It's a really help in counseling. It's a really help in self-awareness. The blind self, the open self, the hidden self, and the known self. The, the known self. Okay, the open self is the known self. So the unknown self. So there's the known self, which is open. Everybody knows that. There's the unknown. Nobody knows that. There's the hidden self. Only you know that. And then there's the blind self. You don't know. Others know it. It's a window. And so there are people who are fighting enemies from their past. But it's their husband that is suffering it. Or their wives that are suffering it. And finally, the woman must understand and align with sequence. Sequence. Not sequence they use for your embellishments, but sequence. This is particularly important for strong women. By strong, I mean people who are extraordinarily engraced for women to do exploits to take on to take on leadership responsibility and capacities they have a tendency not to understand sequence and when you don't understand sequence you will have consequence you all are saturated 
you have consequence. That's number five, sequence. What is sequence? What comes now? Let me give you an example of, of sequence. You're the woman, in this stage of your life, you're earning more money than your husband. There's a tendency for you to believe you know how the money should be spent. Now, except the husband has demonstrated a pattern of losing money or missing money or making mistakes with money, the purchases, the investments you make should still be in consultation with your husband. You know why? I know women who are richer, I uh, see. Look at her face, say why. <laughs> You've not started, dude. <laughs> I know women who are rich and who are influential and richer than their husbands who think that they are making a lot of advancements with the way they are spending money. And the contractors that they are giving the money to are cheating them big time. Cheating, cheating, cheating. Whereas if the husband was there, even though he didn't have the money, he has the sense. And sometimes the fact that somebody has lost money actually gives him sense. <laughs> So don't bury somebody under a pile of their previous mistake because you might be wasting your tuition. Because sometimes the tuition shows up as intuition. They've made the mistake before so they can see the signs. Let me, let me say this. Possibly for people like you and some other people here, you understand this message better in three years. <laughs> you know, marriage always looks very fantasia, and it is when you work according to what God is or how God has ordained it. But we want you to be positioned well. Sequence is my head is my husband, my husband is my head, Christ is his head, God is the head of Christ. First Corinthians 11, 1 to 3. Let's close. 1 to 3. And I'm not going to assume a position even though I have the potential for it. Glory to God. All right. We'll continue on Wednesday. For some of you, you don't need to work on all the five. Just pick one. Assignment for everybody. Work on yourself and study yourself. Work on yourself and study yourself. You can play now. Work on yourself and study yourself. Work on yourself and study yourself. For the longest time, I thought, oh, you know what? If I just work on myself, I'll be good. But I have to study myself and not study my wife as well because my wife is my report card. Working yourself, study yourself. When you when you work yourself and study yourself, and you're working on somebody else, how many of you know you have more empathy? You have more patience. So there are certain phases I've grown through. I've gone through. My my wife is growing through right now. I'm so patient. I'm not as aggressive with her as I was with myself when I was trying to get through and get past some of those things. You know why? Because I've worked on myself, so it's easier to. Similarly, the areas where she was advanced, where I had to learn, I didn't know there were issues until she mirrored to me those areas that I needed to work on. Are you, are you following this? Work on yourself. And most importantly, let God work on us together. Let's pray in a minute or two. Speak to God something you have heard, something you've... An area... 
if people complain that you talk a certain way, most likely you have a problem with the way you talk. Most likely. It's said that you are dumb and be with quiet a quiet the incorruptible beauty of a quiet and gentle spirit, a gentle and quiet spirit. And I said earlier, it's tough to confront yourself. But see, if you're fornicator, you're a fornicator. If you're an adulterer, you're an adulterer. If you're wicked, you're wicked. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're... But when you come to God and say, God, I have this tendencies and this proclivities. I have this issues. Help me, Lord. The Bible says that God is drawn to the weak. He is, really. And women, please understand that you are like the Holy Spirit. There's a major part I could not teach earlier to the men and then to the women. Men, how do you get the attention of your wives? How? How do you get the attention of your wives? It's a little simple. It's not very complex to get the attention. You know how you do it? The same way the serpent got, got Eve's attention. It was conversation, not confrontation. It was appealing, appealing to vulnerabilities, appealing. That's what the, the serpent did. And the serpent got her attention. Showed her something. Vision also gets her attention. If you show her the vision beyond the fight, beyond the argument, beyond the difficulty, paint a picture because the woman saw that the fruit was good. If you can show her the good in, in it, you get her attention. But if you're just seeing how good you are, and that's, that's one of the challenges I had, because I had many areas of goodness. And so I thought, ah, I'm a good person. You should not stress my life. Not stress my life. But you should just excuse every other thing that you think I should work on because I'm good and I have good intentions. So even my mistakes, sure, but it doesn't always work like that. Show out the good in herself, the good for her. Because the more you point to the good in yourself, she thinks that you're idolizing yourself. And you're talking down on her. The serpent then says to the woman, do you see how good I am? Do you see how good I talk? No. He said, see, if you eat this fruit, you become wiser. So I say, the more I speak to the gifts and the abilities of my wife, the more she values and honors and respects me. Somebody listen as they're praying. Women, how do you get your men's attention? Atmosphere. Well, sex. <laughs> Let me give you a secret about sexual intimacy. It's almost, almost impossible for a woman, to, for a man to consistently lie to you. Almost impossible. We can make and do it. Lie to you or keep very important things away from you if you're giving him your heart and your body in alignment. A man is at the weakest point at the point of release of ejaculation. Another point, he makes promises that he may not mean, but if he loves you, you find ways to make them happen. It's powerful. That's why it's covenant. It's supposed to be a covenant and not a plaything people do up and down. La 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 Friday. So that's a waste. It's almost almost impossible. How did he get his attention? Atmosphere. If it sees you as an opponent, you lose more of him. If it sees you as an ally, you get more of him. If it sees you as a friend, you get more of him. If it sees you as a judge, you get less of him. If it sees you as his mother, you get some of him. If it sees you as his heart, you get all of him. 
we must study both. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're helping. Thank you that you're strengthening. Thank you that you're equipping. Thank you that you're fixing. Thank you that you're touching. Thank you that you're redeeming broken parts and broken places. Thank you that you're humbling us. The word says, humble yourself in the mighty hands of God. You're giving us grace to assume that place of students. Learners. Servants. Servants. Thank you that we are not going to miss it. Thank you that we're going to get it right. Thank you that as we explore more of the tactics, the to-dos, the steps, they will sit on this bed of revelation and will not be actors or pretenders or hypocrites, but will gain concrete and comprehensive understanding not to consume each other on our own lusts or pride, but to serve each other, to serve each other and to reflect the glory of Christ. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. I pray particularly for marriages that are currently impacted, maybe by a protracted argument, misunderstanding, or some other tension. Thank you that you're healing those homes now in the name of Jesus. For those who might have faulty perspectives or relationships, funny ideologies and isms, ask, O Lord, that you will redeem and repair, reposition and realign. We give you praise and glory, O Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Let us give to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's okay to celebrate God. Please study, 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 study. And even those who are single, let me tell you one of the things that single people could do. If you really want to go, you really want to go, go far. I do once in a while, sometimes to random people, sometimes people I work with. Ask three or four random people. Give them a free pass and say, how do I come across? You see how tough it is because we don't like to confront ourselves. There's hardly a project I release where I don't allow somebody who's not a stakeholder to tell me what they think about it. Ask people, what do you think about me? Let them describe, describe me in three words. If you will not marry me, if not approach me, if you don't find me friendly, why? And sometimes we need to do it. We do it every now and again as a couple, my wife and I. How am I coming across? How am I serving you better? Am I getting better in this area or that area? Because to think that you don't need that is to be prideful and conceited and assume that your own scorecard applies to everybody else. So there's some, my wife told me that you have A in every other, is it every other area or some other areas that I was talking about my GP as in marriage. They're like, that this area, so you say I have A in every area, but there's one particular area, maybe like two, three months ago, that that area can bring my GP down. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> Ask those questions. Don't assume. Don't assume. And don't be shy. I know it can be very... It's, well, be shy, but do it. Be shy, but do it. 
Some of those conditions will include tears. Some of them will include a dimension of shame and vulnerability. But as we learn each other, we get better. And when Jesus is going to wash the church, how many of you know the church has to be naked for Jesus to wash? If I let me tell you something about any area in your life that is dirty, any area, is it that you've not exposed it to Jesus or to the hands he's put in place to wash that area? He's never surprised by your dirt. He chose you in spite of it. Never. So the ultimate goal of marriage, by the way, a marriage is not really, you can't, you can't, definitively and effectively and conclusively call any marriage that is still ongoing successful. But you can know whether it's succeeding. Because successful is what you do at the end of it. <laughs> so you can say it's successful, but that successful really means it's succeeding. Because the fact that you've gained admission to Unilag does not mean you've graduated. Do you get it? So marriage is an enrollment into a lifetime of humility and, and service and submission and that's both ways. Alright, let's give to our husband this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Jesus is our husband. Let's give to him. Some of you, your husband give you soup money. You're not giving him soup. You give him meat. You give him half meat. I'm talking about believers. He gave you wealth, increase, positioning, but your offering is like tiny slice of fish. You collected money for big fish, but you're giving him shnadin or shandin or sandin, sardin. Let's give generously and honorably. Let's give generously and honorably to the Lord. I know St. Lord did in the first service, but many people need to do it again. So yeah, I know today I didn't talk about buying flowers, buying chocolate, what's your book says. Clean your socks. They are important. I'm not saying they're not important. Of course, as we do more singles, things are going to all of that. But this one, go, 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 go. Work on yourself. You, some of you carry face. You don't need carry face. Work on your face. Some of you are intimidated by strong women. Work on your esteem. Some of you are selfish in marriage and out of marriage. Work on your generosity. Work on yourself. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.